0: Pressure is a privilege. If there's no pressure, there's no, there's nothing amazing on the other end. But it's how, how you see the pressure. Do you make it worse than it is? Do you call it pressure, or you say this is an opportunity?
1: That's speaker, author, and mental performance consultant Colin Henderson talking about how the top performers approach high-pressure situations. In this episode, he joins Dan to break down the top techniques for developing a mental and emotional game plan so you can perform in the clutch. As you listen, ask yourself this question, are you focusing on the pressure or the process? I'm Kylie Schmitz.
2: I'm Dan Lappin, and this is Breaking Sales, a non-conformist take on rejecting the sales status quo. Join the Lappin 180 team as we break the tried and died sales tactics and techniques that are failing you and your prospects. We're coaching a lot of people in sales who've got 15 and 20 years experience, and they're using a lot of the same old sales standards. And I don't mean to make that sound a- as a negative because some of those standards have worked for a lot of our audience, but the reality is those same standards aren't working near as much. And one of the things that I was thinking about is this whole idea how athletes, right? They visualize. Performance. This visualization idea, I love sales professionals, the idea of them getting good at it. I don't even, it's like hard to even begin what I want to help share with them. So, can you give us some thoughts or share some of your thoughts when you think about someone learning how to become a better at visualization?
0: Well, I love to say this phrase, Dan, is that everything happens twice, first in our mind, then in real life. The brain cannot tell the difference between a real and imagined event. So fear and faith have a lot in common. So if you have this process where you're thinking about your account, your your customer, and you and you uh, visualize a failure or not getting the deal, not getting the account, or not getting that engagement, like your brain is storing those memories, and your subconscious sees that when you're in that in that reality, you start to attract those things. So I think as a good just primer for life is to practice to visualize things that you do want to uh, have these these images, but also if you can attach an, an an emotion to that to that vision with gratitude, love, abundance, that's going to strengthen that connection even further. And I learned all this stuff because I struggle with anxiety and worth tied to outcome like all the awesome stuff that that you teach, you know. And I had a mentor who gave me a list of books and he's told me he said "Colin Sales Psychology beats Sales Strategy." Here's all these books on business and selling, but like really has any selling book ever helped you Make a lot of money. No, these books on mindset, the power of belief, goal setting, uh, self talk, uh, power of self image, courage, how to manage fear, you know, habit forming, gratitude, and service. Like, so I got all these books, and I found like these like common themes like, everyone's saying really the same thing in, in different ways. So I developed my own priming system to visualize every single morning, and to visualize before every big big call. So it's really three steps. I call it the HA method. I have, I am, I will. So I, I have is just focusing on just abundance and gratitude, focusing on what you have, focusing on who you are, not, not who you aren't, and just taking a notice, man, I, I don't have to do this. I get to do this. And I'm going to focus on my strengths and how I'm different and unique and not get so bogged down on why I'm not like them or why I don't have this. And there's some good science on what happens to your brain, your body when you have gratitude. And then the I am is, is just affirmations, just, just affirming who you are. I've put in the work. I'm ready for this. You know, I'm, I've trained. I'm excited to to bring some value today. And then I will, as you set your intention. I mean, how many, how many calls do we waste today? And how many calls because these veterans, you mentioned the veteran reps, they're so talented, so much experience. I can do this in my sleep. But you have some blind spots and you're not even prepared to maybe be open to have a, a new tactic or to listen to something new. You just keep doing the same old stuff. So have a clear intention, but visualize it and see it. Walk it through in your mind.
2: Yeah. One of the things I think I know I've struggled with is affirmation. You know, every time Colin, I think about affirmation, I think of that character from Saturday night live when he's looking in the mirror and he's saying to himself, I know I'm good enough and dargone it. People like me. Uh, I don't know if you remember that, but I do. And then what I read once too, and I just like to get your thoughts on this. We have to be careful with affirmation, but then again, I could have been doing it wrong. And so like if I say to myself, I want to make uh, half a million dollars a year or a million dollars a year or $2 million a year, and I've never done any of that. I can't say I'm going to make a million dollars a year because the little voice inside me might say, uh, uh, not yet. You've never done it before. Are you sure about that? But what I have heard is a flip side is saying something like I'm in the process, right? I'm in the process of learning what I need to learn. To make a million dollars a year, or I'm in the process of making the mistakes that I need to make to m- make a million dollars a year, because then it takes the pressure off ourselves like we're not lying to ourselves. So can you go a little bit more into affirmation? Because I know that's a big skill set that I think a lot of people struggle to get good at.
0: Yeah. Well, I do like that you just walked us through process over outcome, your habits, your routines and being... Passionate about the journey. We like to say the journey is the reward, not not just the outcome, because you can't you can't control, guarantee what the customer does, what the exact number amount you make. But I will say this though, I'd rather you set some high hard goals and just miss, than set these low goals and hit. I think a way to access flow is to set some some high hard goals, but then get your worth tied to to the, the uh, process and the growth. So so affirmation. So let's just let's just ask some questions, listeners. What percent of human thoughts are negative? The answer is 80%, and 95% of human thoughts are reoccurring. So if you let your brain just does what it wants to do, it's going to go negative. The brain is like Velcro. It holds on to negativity like Velcro. It's like Teflon if it's positive. So it's going to want to re- replay your past mistakes and think about why you can't do something. And oh, that, that, that high, hard goal, I'm not worthy of that. But I think with affirmations is you don't have to say these, these phrases that don't have merit. Well, your affirmations can be, I've put in the work. Let's let's list some examples. I've had success in the past. Let's write down some examples and just and recall those. So that's called being credible with your affirmations. You can say your affirmations, but not be credible with that. So for every affirmation, under the affirmation, well, is there proof that you're working towards that? In terms of how you've you, you know your product, or you have mentors, you have a coach, or you've done the the, the back work to get prepared for this. Like that's, that is an affirmation too, but I will say this, I love to talk and teach people on this skill of confidence. What I found looking at the research, people, people will follow the confident person over the competent person, which, which could be scary actually. So the number one source of, of confidence listeners, if I would ask you, you know, we're at a workshop and I come up to you, I have a microphone I'll say, Hey, tell me where do you think confidence comes from? What do you think? Dan, maybe I'll ask you that question
2: from your experiences and your beliefs.
0: Yeah, I like that you add beliefs second. So most people say, well, you've done the work or you've done it before or you've prepared, but like, well, how many times have you been in a big meeting with a big client, like a lot on the line and, or you're in this like new environment, but you've had success previously. You, you've, you've, you've trained and you're ready for that moment, but the moment's too big and you sabotage it because your brain is going all these negative places. So research from the BBC lab in the UK, 44,000 patients. They found that self-talk is the number one driver of confidence because seven out of 10 people, Dan, suffer from what is called imposter syndrome. I'm an imposter. So a way to override that is how's your internal voice? How's your language? What you say to yourself has 10 times the power versus what other people say to you. It creates what's called this, this thought cascade. Your words and your thoughts influence the pictures that you see, emotions that you feel, and
2: actions that you take. So let's slow some of that down. Go back to credible affirmations. I like that a lot. Is that something that our listeners would journal, right? Because isn't there something about writing it down that solidifies it for us or makes it very real or clear?
0: Yeah. So for my affirmations, or just for like creating confidence, we call this developing your internal advertising campaign, your ad campaign to yourself, just like companies advertise why you should buy from them. Are you advertising to yourself why you're going to bet on yourself, why you belong? Because a lot of people think themselves into failure. They don't think themselves into success. For example, just to use sports as an example, in in football, the average play is like five to six seconds. The average time in between each play is like 25 seconds. In a three-hour football game, there's only competition for six seconds each play. So that's 11 minutes of football. There's two hours and 14 minutes where they're not competing so they can think themselves into failure. They don't train for that time in between each place. So as sales professionals, we know our product, we know our service, we know we have like a business plan, but do you have a, a mental game plan? Have you thought about what you're going to think about to give yourself the best chance to execute? Most salespeople don't, and business is the ultimate sport. It's no different. So how I do this ad campaign is like, well, we're gonna have a game plan on what you're gonna speak to yourself in that moment. You have time, because we have time to ourselves to wait, right? And your and your brain can go wherever it goes, and it's gonna want to go negative. It's like gravity. What goes up must go down. Your brain's gonna want to go negative. So we need to have a mental emotional game plan to, to pre-plan our thoughts. This is called thought replacement. You can only focus on one thought at a time. So let's have a plan. So I really think about four things. The first one is you would have just a note card and just give me some examples of like times when you had success, some achievements that you're proud of, that you can go to. To remind yourself, actually, I'm not an imposter. I've really I've done these things before. This is actually not outside of. It's not a stretch for what I can do. And then number two is how have you prepared for this moment? How Have you trained? What's your plan? Do you know the customer? Do you know your, your sales tactics? So it's like, why would you do your your role plays and practice if you don't trust? But you're just reminding yourself, I've had success before. I've actually put in the work. And I love number three is what what we call anchor statements. What I call anchor statements? So you're gonna pick three words to affirm who you are. Maybe your, your, your values. So how you teach have high intent, have high intent. How you are going to show up? So my anchor statements, I say, I am authentic. I am present. I'm courageous. I'm authentic. I'm present. I'm courageous. We become what we think about most of the time. It's like an anchor on a ship, but there's no anchor. We call this the drift. You're going to, you're going to drift off away from, from being present from the environment the moment and then i think the, the fourth one is is what, is what are your focus keys what do you want to execute in that moment
2: so when you're in that moment right i love the idea of the anchor thought which is hold on my idea here is i'm only here to determine how and if i can help that's the example of what you're saying which is your instinctual thought in sales is because you're competitive and you're driven is man i hope this goes well i hope they see my value i hope they give us a second meeting however the anchor thought should be hold on i'm only here to determine how and if I can help, and are they even ready? Is that kind of an example of what you're saying?
0: Yeah, and I I kind of break it down this way: it's it's what's your intent, right? What's the goal? What do you want out of this, and how are you going to show up? Number two is is learn, like what's what's something you want to learn, what's something you need to uncover that you are sincerely curious about. The third one is just value, like how are you going to bring value? So what what's your game plan? Like how can you help and serve them? And a lot of times, that maybe you, you you get nothing back, but you have this in- intent. Like, is this the right fit? But I want to help you regardless. And and it might not be. It might not be. Maybe I can give you an article, or I can refer you to somebody else who is a better fit for your needs. But I think a lot of times we just show up and throw up, and we just start talking too much. So I like to say we sell in three dimensions. The first dimension is you just talk about yourself. You go in and talk about you and your product. The next level, of selling in two D. Is if you know the, the, the market pretty well, like you can educate them on the market, but but level three, this like 3D selling is, man, you know them so well and you're in tune with their language, with their needs and you really make it about them.
2: So when you're coaching, whether it's athletes or business individuals, what are some of the things that you, you, you try to instill in them so that they can perform in those clutch pressure moments from a mental standpoint, from a mindset standpoint?
0: I like to ask questions to get an understanding. So I'd ask the the person I'm training, CEO or an athlete, like, tell me how you would define the, the word clutch. My definition of clutch is doing what you normally can do when it matters most. We don't rise at occasion. We fall to our systems, our training, and just, you know, the things that we have worked on. So I think a lot of people mess up those calls because they make the moment too big. They actually change how they normally would just talk to a human being and they become like a robot and they 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 put too much pressure so i'll just give an example so from 1998 to 2008 tiger woods went on this absolute tear that the pj tour had never seen before and if tiger had a lead or, or if he was, if he was within like one or two strokes he'd never lost but what they did they did some research and they found that tiger's scores were the same on sunday as saturday as friday as on thursday People just got worse on Sunday because they couldn't handle that pressure. Tiger just stayed the exact same. And the way we do that is we have routines. We have routines. Routine is that comfort zone. Routine is we get to that default mode, focus on the process, not the pressure. And don't change your routine, your process. If it's a a client that's low revenue potential versus like you can make millions of dollars, why would you change your process, what you wear? the type of ways you engage, how you share your deck, the type of activities that you do. Now you could tailor it for that, for that customer, because you know some of their needs, but trust the process, man.
2: Like keep it the same. You know, what's funny is it's so true, but I also know it's one of the, I hate saying it, it's one of the hardest things for a lot of sales professionals to do is change that process.
0: But they don't even have a process. They just wing it. They don't have a system routine. They they just, they just roll in.
2: Athletes, right? They get coached on process. They don't have a choice, do they?
0: No. Well, and I'll how about this? Let's let let's, let's keep going on the golf thing. All right. So I like to remind uh, performers of all types uh, about a golfer. Her name is Christy Kerr. In two thousand and ten, she set the largest margin of victory of any golfer ever. And when they looked at her her swings in her two hundred and sixty swings, she had the same pre-shot routine for two hundred and fifty four of those two sixty. So all her focus was process, routine, breath, not outcome. Dan, do you ever lose your keys or your wallet?
2: Uh my keys sometimes.
0: Well most people who lose their key in their wallet, they don't have a spot that they put that every 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 day. So your routine is that spot that you go. It's that comfort and that and,
2: and that calm. So if we're gonna summarize, what would be the top things you would recommend to our listeners to do from a mindset standpoint pre prospect conversation.
0: I would make the the main thing the main thing and have have a have a, a process plan. So the first thing we already talked about is 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 write down have a self talk game plan. What you're going to say. Don't hope for confidence. You would write down all the things that we just talked about. I've had stuff before. I put in the work. I'm gonna anchor my thoughts in in these truths about myself. I'm gonna uh, then, then the, the fourth one, I, as I talked about, what are you, what are your focus keys? What are you going to focus on in the moment? If you're running track, head down, arms pump. I'm a bullet. I'm going to explode. If you're baseball, hands back, quiet head. So, as, as as a sales professional, you would pick your focus keys. Okay, really great eye contact. Be very be, be very patient with this customer. Very patient. So you you pick some focus keys you want to execute. In that sales call, and you'd summarize it into like three. That just quiets quiets the the noise. The best focus on on less, not more. Now, other part of this of this process over over outcome is what what gear are you going to wear? Let's let's keep it let's keep it consistent. you wear black? Do you wear a polo? Do you wear button up? Let's keep that gear the same. But if you watch, you know, a snapshot, a picture of the goat Tom Brady from two thousand nine or two thousand thirteen or the, the game they played that this. On Monday, he wears the same stuff, like the same fit. What we want to avoid is what's called decision fatigue and we, we make try to waste some precious brain energy to figuring out okay what backpack or what shoes or what shirt. Let's simplify that. That's a lot of, a lot of times overlooked. but let's have you know what what do you wear to give yourself confidence and then and then have that pre-call routine the same prep that you do keep that the same, how you engage now on top of all this, Dan, is is you want to have a a process plan with your with your actions and your habits? How many how many outbounds per day? How many uh, live events? How many lunches? How many coffee things? How many? So you, that's the process too. So just focus on on that. Um, I was talking to a, a new friend of mine. He's a speaker, coach, author, trains a lot of people. He calls these POCs points of contact. That's the process. I'm gonna get in twenty at twenty out. Balance per day. I'm gonna do X amount of live live meetings per day scheduled. So that's that's the process. You can't control what happens with all that, but you can control your, your 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 actions.
2: Yeah, you mentioned something earlier too that I know that we haven't touched on that plays into all of this as well, right? And that's the imposter syndrome. And I see that happen for sales professionals where they're used to calling on certain size companies with certain types of problems at certain titles. And then all of a sudden, they're being coached or uh, encouraged to do what we call, right, go up market. And going up market is where I think that imposter syndrome hits the most. When you go from meeting with a vice president to a C-suite, or you go from talking and conversing and doing business with a middle manager to a C-suite. And I see that that's a gap that a lot of our clients struggle with.
0: And that, that's all a mental game, right there. There's real pressure. There's fake pressure. Real fear. Fake fear. But I, I like to remind anybody I'm training this truth: the person with nothing to prove is the most dangerous person in the room. What, you're going to be different because they're an executive versus mid-level. Clutch. Do what you normally do. Why would you change because they have a, a title that's different? They, they're they're human beings. They're, they're just people, and and they have similar fears as, as you. So I would just go in with that and uh, walk in with that. You don't prove anything. I, I like telling the story. Um. Actor George Clooney. George Clooney, early in his acting career, would go into these auditions and he would says, "I have to get hired. I have to get booked for this deal." And the the group that would you know ask the questions like he's, he he was just get all worked up, and he failed his first year or two in, in in that game. He said, "Once my mindset shifted, that really the pressure isn't on me. The pressure is in the casting the casting director." They have to hire the right person. It's their budget on the film, not my budget. So therefore, the pressure on me, I get to be myself. There's going to be more auditions. He said with that mindset shift that the pressure on me, the pressure is on them. He, he killed it. He was getting hired all the time. So when you go into these meetings, the pressure not on you, the pressure is really on them. So you get to be yourself. You get to just provide, this is what we, what we offer. This is the value add. Let's find the right fit. So let me add something to
2: that. I think that's really good. My gut is if we had about 50 sales professionals in a room right now talking to both of us and they heard that comment, they would say, Colin, Dan, that's great. It's a great concept, but I do have a quota and I have bonuses, commission, and a job that I've got to perform at. So I do feel the pressure.
0: I'll say this. Pressure is a privilege. If there's no pressure, there's, no, there's nothing amazing on the other end, but it's how, how you see the pressure. Do you make it worse than it is? Do you call it pressure or you say, this is an opportunity? I mean, I love to, to serve. The more value I, I provide, the more valuable I am. If your focus and, and mindset is all on the pressure and what could happen well, if it don't happen, you're not present. The top performers, they don't worry about the pressure. They love the moment. They love the engagement. They love the challenge. So I love talking about flow. Flow is being in the zone. Flow is this the state that we're in where there's, there's, there's no time. Uh, you're not judging. You have a clear goal. You're getting feedback. But what this is the key part about flow. The activity is the reward, not the outcome. The activity is the reward, not the outcome. So if you want to be great at something, you can't just do it because of bonus and this. You do it because you love the hunt. So you can focus on the pressure all you want and say, have to, have to but that's not going to give you the best chance and it's going to kill you emotionally, mentally. I mean, you're going to be super stressed out, anxious. And that's, that's attachment to outcome. You know, that's that mindset of scarcity, which you teach. So I've just seen this is the healthiest, best way. And it's going to give you, you know, to be patient, to not have, do I have to get it or no, I, I, I get to be here.
2: So do you run across people who have stopped challenging themselves
0: Oh my gosh, I mean how many people in in the sales industries they've been in the same role which is totally fine. And they just want to I mean they just get comfortable. They they just want to get the the check and they know the drill and they just want to get what's the bonus this this year. But are they are they thriving? Are they flourishing? You know, sometimes I want to wake people up and say the worst thing you can say is this is how we've always done it, or I am who I am. Like I hope that my 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 wife doesn't doesn't say that about me. I want to be evolving together with her and I want my Skills to be developing as a sales professional, growth and comfort zones cannot coexist. There are three zones we operate in: comfort, stretch, or panic zone. Comfort is just as dangerous as living in this panic zone. We need to stretch our stretch zone every single day, and that's what the best performers do. Because, like you teach, man, detached from outcome, it's okay to fail. It's okay to not get it right the first few times. But once you keep growing and evolving, I really believe the ultimate fulfillment is in growth.
2: How can someone in our audience start doing what you just shared, specifically around going from comfort to stretch, where they've been comfortable for so long, it could be two years, it could be five years, it could be longer. How would you help them or what suggestions would you make to help them take that next step to stretch?
0: Well, the the first one would be, let's look at some old stories that we're holding on to about ourselves about talent, gifts, skills, traits, there's gotta be some old stories that we gotta poke poke some some holes in that, that's not even true. Like you you are, you can do this. You have the skills to do that. So I think that's the self-image. I like to say you never outperform your self-image. Our limits begin where our vision ends. So you're holding yourself back. But the second thing is your environment, is your environment. Like who, who are you around? We have what's called mirror neurons. We model and mirror what we see. Show me your friends, I'll show you your habits. Show me your habits, I'll show you your future. So if you can get a better story about yourself and you can grow is from Carol Dweck, growth mindset versus fixed mindset, you can improve and get better. Let's, let's, let's challenge those old stories. But number two is get around better people where empathy and drive and creativity and, and have a growth mindset is actually normal. So the first one was story. The second one was environment. The third one is legacy. What type of legacy are you leaving? There are two pains in life, the pain of regret and the, the, the pain of hard work and impact, man. Like it, it's work, but it, it's worth it. So ask your friend, what's, what's your legacy? Just, just being lazy? Like how many lives are you helping? Like just within your own family? Like how, are you elevating people? So I want my legacy, man. Colin impacted people. He made people. He was a servant leader. And he, he he carved a path. Like he, he blazed a trail. And with legacy, it's like what happens when, when you're done? This is from the great American poet philosopher McLemore. He says, I heard that you die twice. The first time is you're buried in the grave. And the second time is the last time someone mentions your name. So what are you doing to help people, man? And, and the more value you bring, the more money you make. Just the way it goes.
2: It does. It's all about the gratitude. It's all about the abundance. When you think about athletes and their mindsets and all the athletes that you've worked with, both professionally and in college and all that, what are the struggles they go through mentally? Is it the same as in sales or is it a little different?
0: I think it's exactly the same because I felt it in business and in sports. The biggest thing I think we have to be aware of is not, and I feel like we say the same stuff, we could going back to it, attaching your identity to one thing. Like I am a a basketball player or I am a self-professional. So you're getting your worth tied to doing and and not being. I think that's one of the biggest challenges. And then when you go on Instagram, you start to judge and compare yourself to other people. Where are they at? Again, scarcity. I think just, just detaching worth. I'm a human being choosing to place where I'm a human being choosing to be in business and to have this product I'm selling. And and because I, I struggle with, with anxiety because I was so caught up on the, the result. I have to perform well. I have to do well. And your self-worth is tied to performance. So your happiness is basically tied exactly on, on how you do. And that's just unstable. And it's not, it's not fair to yourself.
2: Yeah, it has to be a little harder sometimes on athletes because, right, they're brought up because a lot of them have got God-given talent. And everybody talks to them as if they're like the second coming of whomever. And then they play college or maybe they play pro and everybody uh, worships them. And all of a sudden, right, the real world hits. It's true.
0: So here's a drill. I mean, I'm, I'm all about application, my friend. So this is what I call your me wheel. So most performers, they put think about a, a bike and if a bike just has one spoke holding it together, what happens if it hits a pothole
2: or a curb done? You fall off.
0: You're done. There's, it's not stable. So, but that's why people, they're so up and down emotionally with their craft. So if we can add some more spokes to that bike, well, you're not only a performer, you're also a person of faith. You're a son or a daughter. You're a brother or sister. You have friends, you love music, you you have other hobbies. You like to volunteer. You, you love arts and crafts. Like, so if we can have a more balanced image of ourselves, and the story that I, I tell to anchor this this concept of having a more balanced me wheel is I tell the story of Steve Young. He was at Cal Berkeley giving a guest lecture during his like prime. And a student said, Steve, you've won MVPs, you've won Super Bowls. Like, how do you do it? What's your secret recipe to your success? And Steve was in a suit and he adjusted his tie and he looked at the student and says, That's a good question. I would give all my success to one thing. I'm a lawyer, I'm not just a football player. I'm about to get my law degree, I practice law, I'm a person of faith. You know, I'm I'm a husband first. I'm a I'm a father. I he's like I'm not just a football player. So when I'm out there playing, like everything's not riding on this game. So I have this perspective that I'm more than one thing. We tell performers master these five words. These five words are going to change your life. I'm not defined by this. It's human doings versus human beings, man. We're not human doings, we're human beings. So that's why core values are so important. Have you identified behaviors and traits that, that, that matter the most to you? And let's get our, our worth flowing through, through, through that.
2: Colin, how can our listeners get a hold of your material?
0: You can follow me on, on Instagram or LinkedIn at Colin Henderson, Colin2Ls. I have a podcast which is called Master Your Mindset Podcast. And on Amazon, if you search my name, you get all my books.
1: Thanks for listening to Breaking Sales. If you want to get engaged with us outside of this podcast, be sure to go to our website, lapin180.com. That's lappin one 8 And there you'll find information on upcoming workshops, different events we're doing throughout the United States, ways to engage with us on social media, as well as a form where you can suggest topics or guests for the podcast. We want to hear from you, so don't be shy. Kylie out. All right. Do we have another episode?